0: Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining podcast. And today's guest is Glenn Mullen, who's the president and CEO of Valdor Mining Corp, who are a junior natural resources issuer involved in the process of exploring, evaluating, and promoting its mineral property assets in Canada. Um, Glenn is a well-seasoned CEO uh, with a demonstrated track record in the mining, metals, and exploration industry. And he's here today to talk about the journey of outdoor mining um, and what he's been doing and what the prospect is for the future. So that's welcome, Glenn, to the podcast. How are you doing, Glenn?
1: Very good. Very good on a very chilly morning in this
0: part of Canada. <laughs> well, in, in the UK, actually, it's, it's, it's starting to get a little bit warmer. The sun's out, though it's not that hot. But um, yeah, not not as uh, it's not as cold as where you are. So um, I wondered if you can give us a little bit of background about yourself for those that people that may not know you. Um, so a little bit about your career, um, how that's developed to sort of where you are today.
1: Uh, well, thank you for that. I uh, read a book when I was 17 called Klondike by Pierre Burton, who comes from Dawson City in the Yukon, a classic mining environment and it absolutely blew my mind that is absolutely the only thing i've ever wanted to do or be in my life was prospect being a traditional prospector trying to find mines and so went to concordia university in montreal got a degree in earth science geology bsc circa 1992 started a, our first mining company when i was in university a mine which is in production today, called Canadian Royalties Inc. If you Google that, you'll figure out it's a nickel, copper, platinum group mine in northern Quebec, Canada. Um, I lost it in a hostile takeover to a Chinese metals company in the year 2000. wasn't very happy about that, and they still have 1,200 employees. They've spent two billion on infrastructure. It's uh, quite a going concern, and uh, the lessons learned from a hostile takeover. I exported into the next vehicle, which you can see on the wall behind me, which was called Golden Valley Mines. And a few years after that, we identified that Golden Valley would likely be in a similar predicament and would be a target for unwanted affection from other mining companies. And so we came up with the plan of doing a triple spin out through a plan of arrangement where Golden Valley took its three most interesting assets, we thought at the time in the year. Uh, 2011, and spun them out into three new public companies, which are all listed on the TSX Venture Exchange, along with the parent continuing as the major shareholder. So that's how Valdor Mining Corp came to be. And that's how Golden Valley Mines ended up becoming the largest shareholder in it with 38%. But recently, in November of 2021, we did a a friendly transaction with an NYSE listed company called Gold Royalty Corp. So Gold Royalty actually acquired all of Golden Valley, all of our royalties company, and it's Gold Royalty that now own that 38% interest in Valdor Mining Corp. So that's how it came to be. That's how I came to be the president CEO and still continue to this day, even though it's now 35, 36 years, uh, grassroots prospecting. It's what makes our heartbeat. Thanks for the
0: introduction. Um, So what distinguishes Valdor Mining from other mining companies? Um, And I wondered if you could just give us a little bit of, I suppose, brief overview of of the company, the history of it. Uh,
1: Certainly. So investors have no lack of choices. Just in Canada, there are 2,300 public companies on the venture exchange, of which 70% are mining companies. So there's no lack of choices. And if you throw the Australians into the mix and companies listed on AIM in the UK and Johannesburg, it's probably closer to 3,000 public mining companies. So it was a deliberate strategy that we wanted to come up with a model that set us apart and that increased the odds in a very high risk speculative business. And so the way we've done that is tried to avoid dilution. So that's objective number one why would we want to dilute ourselves when we're the largest shareholders? And the answer is obvious, we don't wanna be diluted, so we prevent dilution. The way we do that is we do creative joint ventures or option agreements with other public mining companies, whereby they have to spend the funds on our properties. So that avoids dilution to our share capital, It means we have a long list of partners. The partners have to do the heavy lifting and raising the funds. And we're actually the operator in most of these programs where we actually execute all of the ground programs, exploration strategies, and so on. And to, again, increase the odds, we stay focused in the area in which we're located. So Valdor is actually a mining town about 600 kilometers north of Montreal as a point of reference, but more importantly, it's in the middle of the Abitibi Greenstone Belt, the most prolific geological domain in Canada, not just for gold, for base metals as well, copper and zinc, um, certainly the primary sources of production in eastern Canada, and gold having produced over 200 million ounces to date. And so that's where we're based, that's where we explore. We have a basket of properties, over 55 properties at this time. And we have partnerships on about one third of them. And we're looking for new partners to conduct the exploration on the other third. So avoiding dilution, using other people's money, and doing creative exploration in virgin areas, trying to find what has not been found
0: before. That's what sets us apart. Um, In terms of exploration, um, what's your sort of basic business Oh, exploration strategy. Well, we start by looking
1: at historic work. And in this area that would take you back to the turn of the last century. The early 1900s was the first wave of prospecting for silver, gold, and base metals. And so our strategy begins by taking a good look at that historic work. It's all public domain, very well organized by the provincial governments in Canada, Quebec and Ontario primarily. We take a really good look at that historical work because we don't want to repeat what's been done in the past. Um, repeating exploration programs that have failed is doomed for failure again. Notwithstanding that technology may have improved in geophysics, so we take a good look at the historical work. We look at. The technological enhancements for exploration methods, primarily geophysics and geochemistry. And we try to come up with new targets that have not been tested in the past, what we call virgin targets. And so those virgin targets are what we use to try to attract other public mining companies and basically show them the statistics, the prior success stories. The opportunity for success and the low cost for doing exploration in this part of North America. There are roads everywhere. You don't need helicopters, there's no remote access. And so we're pretty well blessed with infrastructure, support of pro mining communities, support of pro mining provincial governments, and discounted hydro rates, specifically in Quebec. So there's no place in North America with lower exploration costs than Baldor. So that's a key part. Of our strategy is coming up with new targets, new properties, new methods, and in a cost-effective manner through
0: third-party funding. Um, obviously, you mentioned uh, gold mining royalty. Um, what? Why did they? What, I suppose what are the reasons why they partnered with you, and what? What did they? I suppose what did they see in in the company, in the resource, and and obviously the management team for them to invest. Uh, gold Royalty Corp. G R O Y
1: on the New York Stock Exchange. They bought two of our companies this past November. So specifically, they bought Abitibi Royalties, who owned the royalty in the largest gold mine in North America, called Canadian Millardic, which is quite close to where we're located. Which is why we're located here. It's about nine kilometers from where I'm sitting. And so Canadian Millardic have already produced over five million ounces since 2014 or so, and have a long mine life in front of them up to 2039 at least. And so Abitibi Royalties actually owned a royalty of 3% net smelter return or NSR on the east side of that mine. And that was the primary asset. But the only way they could buy it was by buying Golden Valley mines at the same time, because Golden Valley had the controlling shareholding interest. That was the lesson learned from a hostile takeover. And so Gold Royalty Corp, bought both Golden Valley and Abitibi royalties in November because of the royalty we hold in the largest gold mine in North America. And so I've continued with them both as a director of gold royalty and as a consultant trying to find new opportunities for them in Quebec
0: and Ontario. Um, I suppose with the, uh, with the failure being the norm in the industry, um, why should investors consider investing um,
1: in Valdor mining? Well, we have a good track record. Um, for one thing, the first company formed, going right back to university days, became a mine on its very first drill hole. Um, so Certainly, some people would think that was really lucky. On the other hand, the way we would look at that is say that it was good targeting, good geology, good due diligence, and uh, good management to actually focus on a promising area from the outset And that was nickel. And simply, I like the idea that the largest mining company, going back to the year 2000, the largest mining companies that then existed on the planet Earth, the top five were all nickel companies. So that caught my eye. And I thought, if you're going to look for something, look for something that can be really big. Nickel mines tend to occur in clusters. And this area in northern Quebec seemed to offer obvious potential. And so that one evolved into a series of deposits, which are now in production. And similarly, Abitibi royalties very quickly evolved into a focus asset on the east side of the largest gold mine in North America. Some would say that was very lucky. And I guess we would say that was, again, good due diligence, good targeting, good exploration strategy, good partnering, also good joint ventures. And that one evolved rather quickly. And similarly, Golden Valley itself had a number of successful exploration ventures in uranium, in gold, in base metals. And so I think we've had a track record that is much better than most of our peers. And again, we avoid dilution to our share capital. So shareholders don't get the type of abuse in our ventures that they tend to become accustomed to in most mining companies. They buy shares today. There's a dilutive financing tomorrow and then another one very shortly after that. We avoid those types of dilutive financings and that's why management, board of directors, friends and family tend to be the largest shareholders of all of our companies. And so, shareholders get a better deal in our ventures than they do in most of our peers. I think that's really the, the main difference in our strategy compared to most public mining companies
0: um obviously your experience is in uh, many many commodities um are you mainly interested in gold or is there other commodities that you you're more uh, interested in well certainly the
1: market drives public markets and so right now gold is very attractively priced at 1859 us 2360 canadian this morning when i checked um so certainly that's about 60% of our total portfolio But we're not ambulance chasers. We're not chasing everything in every direction. That's dilutive of your human resources and internal infrastructure and logistics and so on. But historically, we have explored for diamonds, uranium, nickel, copper, platinum group elements, copper, zinc, VMS, volcanogenic massive sulphide deposits. In fact, there isn't much we haven't explored for at different times. And sometimes we do get very aggressive with acquisitions and commodities that are out of favor, namely uranium right now. Since Fukushima, uranium has really been out of favor for most of the the cycle, and the prices are about one third what they were before that catalyst about a decade or so ago. And so we've been very aggressive in acquiring in some of our subsidiaries, acquiring new uranium properties recently. But gold, uh, Valdor Mining Corp itself has been very aggressive with base metals from its inception. We've looked for gold, silver, but also copper, zinc, and nickel, copper, platinum group elements throughout. Right now, we have a drill program on one of our nickel properties,
0: and it's the biggest drill program that we've ever done. Um, why are you only sort of focused in Northern Quebec and Ontario? Um, and is there potentially other jurisdictions that you may you may look at in the future? Yeah, well, primarily is the
1: key word because we do have Uranium properties in Saskatchewan, for example, and historically, we've worked outside Canada as well. Um, some pretty difficult places. We've looked and worked in Sierra Leone, for example, and Guinea, and uh, parts of East Africa. We've explored and done due diligence on different properties in Ecuador, Honduras, and Central America. But, you know, the Canadian U.S. dollar disconnect makes that relatively unattractive as a proposition right now. Raising a million Canadian dollars to turn it into 700,000 U.S. dollars doesn't seem like a great plan to me. So we've avoided most international locations, with the one exception being Australia, where a Canadian dollar is actually at a premium to the local currency. So we are aggressive in Australia right now. But Northern Quebec and Northern Ontario, because of the production statistics historically, because of the good infrastructure, because of the support of municipal and provincial governments, and importantly, this being Canada, because of Indigenous communities and Aboriginal awareness in terms of the industry, there's a lot of creative partnerships being formed in this part of Canada right now. And we're at the forefront of that. So, all in all, the conditions are very favourable in Northern Quebec and Northern Ontario, along with very favourable rocks.
0: Um, A couple more questions. Um, What's the outlook for uh, Valdor Mining over the next sort of 12 to 18 months? Well, you know, we've actually been around
1: for 11 years. We were listed in 2011. Um, This is by far going to be the year with the most activity. So there's a forward-looking statement that's full of catalysts. One of them is a twenty thousand meter drill program, which started last week on one of our nickel properties. So that's a partnership with a company called Quebec Nickel Corp. QNI. QNI actually raised over seven and a half million dollars at the end of two thousand and twenty-one. All of which is to be dedicated to our nickel property, which is about an hour from here. So that's a nickel venture that'll have twenty thousand meters of drilling, multiple catalysts over the next. Six months or so. Together with that, we announced a series of new joint ventures with Eldorado Gold, a major. Eldorado Gold are going to spend over $4 million over the next five years on multiple Valdor Mining Court properties. Those are gold properties. By itself, that would be our most aggressive program ever. But taken together with the 20,000 meter nickel program, by far, this will be the most active year in terms of drill holes, drilling. Meters, money spent, properties worked and explored, etc. And at the same time, at the end of two thousand and twenty-one, we we raised four hundred thousand. Not a big number, but again, eye on dilution. So four hundred thousand dollars split evenly between Quebec and Ontario for project generation, grassroots projects that we try to dress up. Again, trying to find arms length third parties to spend the big expenses on. So drilling, trenching, feasibility studies, technical studies. We do the early stage grassroots and try to attract partners who then spend the big ticket items. So that's our strategy going forward. Lots of catalysts for 2022, more than we've ever had before. And not just in gold, base metals as well. And what's the uh, exit strategy for the company? Well, ultimately, we start by staking claims, which means we typically own 100% on day one then it becomes a liability. You have to raise money to work it. And that's why our strategy is quite unique. We try to find an arm's length partner right away and dovetail into an option agreement or a joint venture agreement. And instead of making them difficult for the partner to vest, we make it easy for the partner to vest because we want to be left with royalties. Our exit strategy is taking a grassroots, 100% owned property and converting it using other people's money into an NSR, a royalty. We want to be left with a two, three, or 4% NSR in a property that we owned 100% of without spending our own money on it. That's why our capital structure does not undergo the dilution that characterizes most of the industry. We want to be left with royalties.
0: And as a conclusion,
1: I just wondered if there was anything else that you uh, wanted to, to add uh, before we wrap up. Just remember that drilling is where most of the value comes from in the mining industry, exploration, drilling on grassroots properties. And, you know, Valdor Mining Corp is not for the widows. It's not for the faint of heart. And that's why our board and management are the largest shareholders. They're used to the risk, including the high risks and frequent disappointments. We don't expect or anticipate success easily but we explore a lot. And we have more drilling ongoing in 2022 than any of our peers that I can name. And opportunities, that's where rewards come from. So we have high expectations for 2022. Thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, no, and I appreciate your time, Glenn. Um, obviously, you're, you've done a lot in your career. You're do, you're, you've obviously got um, a lot of work ahead of you. So um, wish you well in the future. If our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions, if they want to find out more about Val d'Or Mining and maybe other some of the other things that you're getting involved with, um, how can they go about doing that? And are you across sort of any social media platforms?
1: Sure. So, yes, we're on Twitter, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. And that's all relatively new because I acknowledge that's really not my space. I like breaking rocks and not looking <laughs> at a screen all day. Um, So that's one of our directors that's introduced me to all of that, Deborah Honig from Adelaide Capital. You can contact me directly either by email, Glenn.Mullen, Glenn with two N's, Mullen with an A, at ValdorMining.com. And if you look at our website, you'll find my direct phone number, including cell phone and so on. Always encourage investors to pick up the phone and call. There's nothing better than a voice or eyeballs. And uh, as the world returns to normal, and we're able to actually do investor meetings in person again, um, I'll be certainly looking forward to meeting many of your clients and interested listeners. Thank you.
0: Yeah, appreciate your time, Glenn. Um, you gave us a, a, a very detailed overview of uh, Valdor Mining, um, and obviously a lot, a lot of work ahead, but a lot of prospect as well, and um, wish you well in the future. Um, And those that are listening, um, appreciate your time. Appreciate your continued support. Uh, Please uh, share this episode amongst friends, family, uh, others in the industry. Um, The more people that can listen to this, the more benefit um, others in the mining community will um, have access to. So, um, yeah, appreciate your continued support. And thanks a lot, Glenn. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening.